Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and I'm the Communications Manager here at the National Cannabis Industry Association. I'm excited to introduce my guest today, Emily Backus. She's the Sustainability Advisor at the Denver Department of Public Health and Environment, and she's focusing on environmental quality and also leads the Denver Cannabis Sustainability Work Group. Thank you for joining me today, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So we like to get to know our guests a little bit here in the beginning of the show. So if you don't mind, tell me a bit more about your background and and your experience um, before getting involved in this cannabis work group. Absolutely. Um, So I've been working in the sustainability realm for my entire career. Um, I started working in the hospitality industry. Um, That's my educational background. Um, And then I I was in consulting for a few years before um, moving here to the city. Um, And throughout those experiences, I've worked with a lot of different types of businesses, um, from restaurants to breweries to offices. Um, manufacturers, and um, also worked across um, a lot of different um, sustainability issues. So um, thinking about about, uh, chemicals and water and energy and uh, waste and worker safety, all of those um, things that um, really all businesses have to deal with. Um, And so for the past five years, I've been with Denver um, Department of Public Health and Environment, and I work on a program called Certifiably Green Denver. It's the city's free green business program, and we provide one-on-one advising to any type of business in Denver. And as the name implies, we also offer a certification program to recognize businesses that um, have exceptional environmental performance. Oh, that's great. So you're work, you've, you've worked with a, a, a variety, a broad spectrum of types of businesses, all centered around this sustainability element. That's fantastic. Yes. So how, how did you decide, considering your position with the city and county currently, how did you get involved in working with the cannabis industry on these sustainability issues? Yeah, well, initially it just um, it started as a necessity. Our program um, offers advising services to any type of business in the city. And when uh, cannabis became legalized, we realized we should be able to offer those same services to, to cannabis businesses. And in the past, when we started working with a new industry or an industry that we hadn't worked with um, previously, 
there was published literature, um, scholarly articles, um, plenty of resources to draw on to understand what the sustainability issues are in that industry and um, what are the solutions. And when we did that type of uh, initial research on cannabis, we realized it just didn't exist. <laughs> and so um, that's how we all got started was we were just trying to understand um, what the sustainability issues are and, and how we might be able to help um, in, our, in our role working with businesses. Got it. Got it. So I'm, I'm guessing there were a lot of phone calls and meetings and one-on-one -on -one conversations with people working in the industry in order to understand what that landscape actually looks like in, in order to identify where the gaps are or where the areas of improvement would be. Absolutely. Yeah, we spent about a year up front just having those informal conversations with with different representatives in the industry and also, um, you know, fellow environmental professionals like ourselves that work in other um, legal cannabis states as well. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So so here we are. You're working on the Denver Cannabis Sustainability Work Group uh, through the Department of Public Health and Environment here in Denver, Colorado. Um, let's dive a little bit deeper into your day to day, what your department is doing and, and what's going on for you throughout the rest of this year and maybe even next year. Absolutely. Yeah. So the, the work group is a stakeholder group. We have about 30 members um, from across the cannabis industry, as well as folks representing ancillary industries and, of course, sustainability experts. And uh, the group meets every other month. And then we also have a number of committees that we organize. So part of my work is just uh, keeping all the balls in the air and keeping everything <laughs> organized. Um, but the deliverables that we really work on are providing education for the cannabis industry. So we've just um, really completed our two biggest projects of the year. One is releasing an update to the Environmental Best Management Practices Guide, which our work group originally wrote in uh, 2017 and has updated uh, the past two years. And uh, the second is producing the uh, annual Cannabis Sustainability Symposium, which we do with the Cannabis Certification Council who hosts it. So um, a, lot of, a lot of hard work by the work group members, all culminating into a, a few kind of crazy days in October. And now we're, now we're starting to look forward to doing even more next year. Fantastic. How, how did the, the gathering earlier this month go? Was, was there any takeaways from that? Yeah, it was a wonderful gathering. We um, we had the largest number of attendees we've had, so almost 300 from across the world, which was amazing to see oh, wow. and hear from people that participate in the industry in all sorts of different locations and operating environments. Um, we had some really great, great sessions and, and speakers that came in. One of my favorites actually was our keynote speaker, um, Dr. Rachel Knox, who is a, a medical doctor and endocannabinoid specialist. And she really tied together the concepts of health as well as sustainability and how those come together in the cannabis world. So she was drawing on her perspective as a business owner, um, as an advocate for health equity, which is something that 
my department is also very strongly invested in. And of course, as an expert in cannabis, um, it was it was a really amazing message. And a lot she has a lot of content on YouTube. If you ever are curious to hear from her, I am actually. I'll have to look <laughs> that up. That sounds really great. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other great highlight of the event was that the governor Jared Polis attended. Um, he was our surprise special guest, and um, he really delivered uh, some thoughtful uh, regards and comments about the cannabis industry and where the state is headed and um, how Colorado is really looking to uh, be a leader in this sustainability space. Um, you know, as cannabis becomes uh, legally more widespread across the U.S., um, I think uh, being sustainability experts is a great niche for Colorado. Agreed. How nice to have Governor Jared Polis in his position now. He's been such a champion for the cannabis industry, even previously when he was in uh, the House. And we're just so delighted to have a champion um, in, in, in a governor's role now here in Colorado. He's, he's co-sponsored many pro-cannabis pieces of legislation, and we're just, we're just delighted to see, to see that transition. Um, we're about to take a quick commercial break here, um, but we'll be right back to talk more with Emily um, and learn more about what else may have happened at the work group and, and talk a bit more about sustainability issues as it relates to the cannabis industry. So stay tuned. We will be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or eight years old. You can still learn something that's gonna make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The concierge for better living with Doc Rob. Only on cannabisradio.com. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Candid. Captivating. Compelling. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Welcome got to Cannabis Confidential. Oh, you got me again. All right. Uh, you, again. you got me again. Welcome to Cannabis okay. Confidential. Ah! <laughs> hey, we did it. We did it. Yeah, Welcome. I have the coolest guest today. You guys already know. The one and only Tommy Chong. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Cannabis Confidential. Yeah. 
Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany, and we've been talking with Emily Backus, whose role is Sustainability Advisor at the Denver Department of Public Health and Environment, focusing on environmental quality and specifically leading the Denver Cannabis Sustainability Work Group. And context for the audience, I got to meet Emily in person uh, about a month or a few weeks ago. I was invited to a happy hour uh, by one of NCIA's members, Mark Ross, to to check out the Sustainability Work Group happy hour. Um, So I was introduced to you, excited to learn about the role that you were uh, playing here in the cannabis industry from your position working with the city and state. Um, So you were telling me that the symposium was coming. Uh, I'm sorry, I missed it. It sounds like an incredible event. Um, So you're, we're planning to do another event like that next year. Is that true? Absolutely. Yes. So um, we're, we're settling on the, the date as we speak, but it'll be next fall again in Denver. And then actually where the Cannabis Certification Council is producing some regional symposium events as well. So the next one is right around the corner. They're having one in Massachusetts on October 29th. Um, so if anyone oh, from cool. the East Coast didn't make it here to Denver, they should check that event out. East Coast is such an exciting part of the country right now because one, the states are a little bit smaller. <laughs> um, so, so there's a little bit more excitement as, as all these little colonial states uh, start to warm up to the idea of cannabis and Massachusetts is definitely leading the way. It's so exciting. And NCIA is uh, launching our Northeast Cannabis Business Conference in 2020 there as well to serve the needs of that emerging market and and region over there. So it's great that we're sharing the knowledge across the country in in all these different ways. Um, I wanna talk more about sustainability, obviously. Um, From a big picture view, what what did sustainability, I I know you said you had to maybe reinvent the wheel or, or do a lot of research in order to just figure out what those key issues were. What did sustainability look like for cannabis in the past, uh, maybe going back five, 10 years uh, back to medical only programs? And how has it changed or evolved over these years? Absolutely. Well, I think, you know, in five or 10 years ago, uh, the cannabis industry was really just getting started on uh, professionalizing uh, itself. Mm -hmm. And the folks running those businesses were focusing a lot on being compliant, which is of course, extremely important. And, (laughs) and then, uh, fiscal sustainability, right? Keeping their businesses afloat um, is is a whole new operating environment in terms of um, how to, how to stay in the black and keep the doors open, so to speak. And keep your um, banking bank account open. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. it's, it's it, lots it, of challenges, lots of challenges, very different from other industries. They can't just go get a loan like any other business. Yeah. Um, and so, and so, you know, that was really, I think the concept of sustainability then, there were certainly some really forward thinking um, 
folks in the industry who were, you know, dabbling in, in testing out energy efficient technologies and things like that. And I think also always have been a lot of people in the industry who care about the environment and that's, you know, really connected to their love of the plants and um, care about people's health. And so mm-hmm. that foundation was there, but um, the the research and the technology uh, wasn't quite there yet. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, e- even when we look at things like solar panels, they, they're a lovely idea, but they were just too expensive for the average consumer to implement, even though, you know, you could pay them off theoretically after a few years. But the, the price is slowly going down, just like TVs, right? <laughs> they used to be very, very expensive, but now the prices are going down. So the cost to implement technology that would help with these environmental sustainability issues maybe have become more, slightly more accessible over the years, I hope anyway. Yeah, certainly for some technologies it has, especially as more um, market players enter enter the field. So as more and more companies are developing uh, LED lights specifically for horticulture, for example, then there's more competition that drives the price down. Mm-hmm. And then like any other electronics, of course, the prices are just going down generally as, as the products evolve. Um, I think the other really you know, major evolution is, is that these, uh, in the past, uh, cannabis businesses were sort of trying to figure out how to make technologies or processes that had been implemented in other types of businesses or buildings fit them. And now there's, there's service providers and consultants and companies that are really tailoring those things for cannabis so that Mm -hmm. business owner doesn't have to figure it out on their own. Yep. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, So um, I wonder for cannabis industry professionals that are thinking about sustainability issues as they're running their businesses. And again, as you mentioned, it's, it may not be the number one thing on their priority list, but they care. They definitely care about it. So let's make it easy for them. (laughs) What are (laughs) maybe the top three things that a cannabis industry operator could be thinking about as they're running their businesses to, to implement more sustainability? Yeah, absolutely. I think the first area is always going to be energy. It's one of the most expensive operating costs in an indoor grow. Um, if it's an outdoor uh, cultivation, then then that's another story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's So it really affects the bottom line. And it also is a huge driver of plant health and productivity. Um, and so those decisions have to be made very carefully, which um, can really... Uh, scare some people off about making changes, Mm. but um, ultimately they can create fundamental change in your business. And one of the the things that uh, our work group talks about a lot is thinking about energy in your facility, not just on, I'm going to swap out, you know, one thing for another, but really looking at the energy consumption of of the, the facility holistically, because all of the different pieces 
pieces and parts impact one another. The wattage and heat coming from the lights impacts how the air conditioning system runs and impacts how the dehumidification system runs. Um, so all these things work together and, and should be really looked at as, as, a, as a system. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, you know, turn off the restroom lights when you leave. <laughs> little little things like that, right? Yeah, you can always start with those little things. I, I know that's that's minuscule, but uh, you get the idea. Just f thinking of little little ways to, you know, shave off if, uh, some energy usage mm -hmm. makes perfect sense. Anything else coming to mind there? Sure, absolutely. Um, precision uh, irrigation, I think, is is a huge opportunity. And again, that quantity of water impacts how your other systems run and the plant health. Um, there's a lot of uh, interesting automated fertigation and irrigation systems on the market now, um, and that can also reduce your labor costs a lot. So that gets mm. back to that fiscal sustainability um, piece of things. And then, um, you know, the third one, if we're going for top three, I think is really um, managing your chemicals, your pesticides, and um, really how that impacts worker safety. Um, that is part of sustainability in my book. And um, there are some, you know, potential risks to, to worker health and safety in cannabis businesses. And um, ignoring those risks is not only detrimental to workers, of course, but could really put your business uh, in jeopardy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I've been inside a few grows before and they typically are ask you to put on a, um, a safety suit and mask in order to make sure that your skin or, or you're not breathing in an incredible amount of chemicals that might be being used. Um, so safety, it's interesting that safety of workers is part of sustainability. I typically am just thinking of lowering energy costs and things like that. But yeah, it's, it's interesting that that's included it within depends. sustainability. Yeah. It really depends on who you ask. <laughs> that's fair. No, that's yeah. great. Mm -hmm. It's a little subjective on that one. But, you know, generally sustainability, we think of, uh, we talk about the triple bottom line. So people, planet, profit, three Ps. Um, and so that, that worker safety piece really falls into the people part of sustainability. Yeah, I think people, planet, profits is is a really lovely uh, business philosophy that I hear over and over again within the cannabis industry. So um, I'm, it's it's important for people I talk to in the industry to how do they word it? Um, keep the lessons of the plant and the values of the cannabis plant in our business practices. So we're creating kind of a a new industry where we're leaving behind the the old business models that are all driven by profit, um, all about state shareholder profit, and really getting more holistic. So hopefully as, as our industry evolves a bit more and we can implement the programs that, um, that, that, that we want, we can begin to be a role model to other industries and in how to implement these values into other older industries as well. Absolutely. Yep. 
All right, we're going to take our last commercial break here, and then we will come back and wrap up our conversation with Emily from the Denver Department of Public Health and Environment. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Hi, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life, and I have Hernanda Umana joining me. We're just both so fascinated with how much we've learned since we've been in this pet industry and creating an all-natural product. Because it's a dog's life. I am a huge fan of my guest today, Dr. Bob Goldstein. I have, in my experience, not seen many natural substances produce the results that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on. It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Himping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCI's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, and we've been chatting with Emily Backus, the Sustainability Advisor at Denver Department of Public Health and Environment, leading the Denver Cannabis Sustainability Work Group. We've been learning a bit about what they've been working on the last year and what's happening. Um, Before we sort of wrap up a little, I I do want to dive into sustainability as a big issue across all industries. There's a lot of agricultural industries, the wine industry, avocado trees, almond trees, as well as industrial businesses. We've got your chemical plants, consumer goods, manufacturing. They all have to take into consideration around water management, soil, toxic chemicals and energy use, which we've been talking about, and then everything in between. So I'm, I, it's interesting to compare the cannabis industry to 
the all other industries as we would like to be treated like any other industry in the United States as we battle federal legalization issues. So I'm curious from your perspective, what maybe what might be specific to the cannabis industry that's unique when it comes to these sustainability issues? Definitely. And I would say by and large, the sustainability issues the cannabis industry has are similar to issues that other industries have. But there are certain things that are very unique to the cannabis industry. One is the ways in which it is regulated. Um, That is, at this point, uh, across most legal states, uh, different and more specific than other industries. So a great example of that is waste. Um, so plant waste or soils coming out of um, any other type of greenhouse um, isn't specifically uh, regulated, except that, of course, you have to send it to a licensed landfill or, or compost facility. Mm. Um, but but for cannabis, uh, Um, They have to go through this process of of rendering it unusable and unrecognizable and mixing it together. Um, And all of that sort of just um, creates additional steps, right, and work to to get things done. And a lot of times operators get so focused on getting those things done and being compliant, which I totally understand why that sometimes that doesn't leave room for them to think about sustainability, right? Mm-hmm. Um, another issue is financing uh, investments. So a lot of these uh, projects, especially once you've taken care of sort of the low-hanging fruit, um, requires some upfront investment. And um, without access to uh, traditional financing, it can be really difficult to make those types of investments. So if you wanted to do a really high efficiency uh, new HVAC HVAC system, for example, um, or um, some kind of automation technology in your facility that could really help you save energy and water um, that could be made more difficult by not having uh, good access to financing. Got it. Got it. Well, we have just a minute or two left here, but um, I'm curious if you were to look into your crystal ball um, into the year 2030, uh, 10 years from now, what would you like to see the cannabis industry doing from your perspective and role? I think I'd like to see it be a model, as you said, for other industries on sustainability. I think there's a lot of space for innovation in cannabis and a lot of really talented and intelligent people uh, working in this space. And so I'm excited to see what things will be like in 2030. I'm incredibly optimistic. Um, I also think that a lot of those things that make sustainability different uh, in cannabis maybe will have gone away or lessened somewhat so that um, the playing field is is really level and and they can collaborate a lot with other industries um, who are experiencing similar sustainability issues. We will be just another boring American industry one of these days. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, it's obviously NCIA works at the federal level, primarily on issues like banking, access, uh, relief from 
the tax code 280E and generally descheduling and legalizing and, and creating a roadmap for um, legalization. In fact, we have a white paper we just published about, uh, the title is uh, Adapting a Regulatory Framework for the Emerging Cannabis Industry. And you can definitely find it on NCIA's website. It's, it's a big report. I think the final report was about 40 pages. And we use these to talk to um, local, state, and federal regulators to educate them on what a legal regulated cannabis industry at the federal level would look like. It is so nice to check in with a really hyper local city or county level group as well. So I just want to say I appreciate you taking the time out of um, your heads down working with with Colorado and, and Denver cannabis folks in addition to the other work you do. So just thank you again for taking time out to join the NCIA listeners and tell us what's going on with your group. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share or where people can find more information about the work you're doing? Absolutely. Um, you can download free copies of the Cannabis Best Management Practices Guide and uh, view information about our meetings and events at www.denvergov.org slash cannabis sustainability. Or if you just put Denver Cannabis Sustainability into a browser and search for that, um, you'll certainly get to the page. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Again, I appreciate for you for joining us on the show today. And thanks to our listeners for tuning into another episode. If you like the show, please fill out our survey at thecannabisindustry.org slash podcast survey. I'd appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And thanks for tuning into another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. 